Um, I love this scripture when, it, when I think about journeys. Uh, I think about Abraham, and this is a scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, and it says this, By faith Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. The title of today's message is God Knows the Way. Okay, If you're on a journey, you want to know someone who knows how to get there. And God knows the way. Here's Abraham. I mean, how awesome is this? When he was called by faith, Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed by going out, not knowing where he was going. He just had to trust God that God knew the way. Amen? So let's look at uh, Luke, chapter, Luke chapter 1. Here we are. Um, Elizabeth is, is giving birth to the prophet John the Baptist. And it says this in verse number 57. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted to call him. Because whenever you can't get one person, right? Someone sounds like a toddler. If you can't get mom to do it, we'll just go to dad, right? Well, Elizabeth, maybe you don't know. We'll ask Zacharias about this. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. And they were all astounded. And at once, Zacharias' mouth was open and his tongue went loosed. And he began to speak in praise of God. Fear came upon all those around them. And all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was truly with him. I got four things I want to leave with you today. I want to share with you. The first one is this. You need to let God navigate your journey. He's the one that is the navigator. You have to let him navigate. He knows what's going on. You can't figure it out on your own. You can't figure it out on your own. God has a plan and he has a purpose and he knows the pace that you need to be at. He knows the time when you need to be at each place. He's the one. He's the coach. You need to let him lead, and you need to trust his leading. You know, it's kind of awesome because he's, he's actually the map maker. You know, he, God didn't get his map for your life from someone else. He made the map for your life. <laughs> he knows the way. He made the way. He is the way. I mean, if you think about it, out of all the places God created the earth, God created you, he he, he had already planned it for you to be born in the space of earth that he planned for you to be born in. He didn't plan for you to be born in Africa, unless you're in here and from Africa. Anybody here from Africa born in Africa? You were born where you were born on purpose by God for a purpose. As much as it is hard to believe and receive at times, you were even born to the right parents. God chose the man and woman who came together together. 
to bring you into the earth. God knows what he's doing. You need to let him navigate your way. And, you know, we go back because Zacharias just couldn't understand. And as we kind of go through this story, you're going to see that each person that God chose uh, to use, that they were righteous people in his eyes. Didn't mean that they were perfect because Jesus came. He's the one. He is our perfection. But they were righteous in God's eyes according to the law of what was going on and just walking in obedience to God. And here's Zacharias, you know, as we said last week, he may have thought that he never even started his journey because he's, he's later in years and he don't have a child, he don't have anyone to really leave an inheritance to, wondering, you know, when's this ever going to start? But the point is you're already on your journey. Your journey doesn't start when you receive some revelation. It started the moment that you were born, that God brought you into the earth. You are on your journey, and you need to trust God to navigate where you are. If you feel like you're in a tough spot right now, He can navigate you through it. He's not going to leave you there. We're going to go through tough times in life. God will navigate you and get you through. You know, there's a great teaching on, on, uh, on the, uh, the psalm of the 23rd Psalm. And, you know, it talks about though I, you know, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, if you really study over in that area, as David was, you know, a shepherd in, in writing this, it was necessary. Really, it was the, the, the easiest route for him to get some places to certain plateaus and get out of danger and things was to go through that valley. It was a scary place, but it was the safest place. But he wasn't alone. God was with him. We, we look at circumstances, situations that come against us, and we think God is not there, but He is there. He's that voice in your spirit, and He'll help you. Just like, you know, whether it's like Alexa or, you know, your GPS, if you get off course, He'll say, not that way. Rerouting, it's this way. Let Him navigate your life. And Zacchaeus, or Zacharias, had, he had... Some trouble with this because he, he doubted what the angel had said. He, angel Gabriel brought a word from the Lord. Your prayers have been answered. You're going to, your wife is going to conceive and bear a son. And think about how awesome is this? He's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. People have been waiting for Jesus to come. And here's the forerunner. This has to take place first so that the Messiah can come. And he doubted that. And, you know... There's, there's a couple things that I want you to see in here is, is this, that unbelief silences faith, but obedience releases grace. Unbelief silences faith, but obedience releases grace. Zacharias didn't believe. He had unbelief of what the angel had said, and he was silenced for nine months. And it wasn't until he was obedient to speak John's name, no, he's going to be called John, that his mouth was loosed and the grace of God was released. Amen? Are you with me this morning? So your weakness doesn't change his greatness. Your weakness does not change his greatness, but it can delay the blessing. It can delay the blessing. And, I, you know, when I look at Scripture, I love, like, we've got Elizabeth and Zacharias and John. I, it's just a thing, maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I like names. And I like to see what, especially in Bible, you know, what do, the, what do their names mean? You know, the, the name Elizabeth means the oath of God. The oath of God. You know, maybe she even thought about that as, as she was going through her years wondering, not, not bearing any children. 
beyond childbearing and, and wondering, like, God, you know, my name is even the oath of God. Like, you know, your promise over me and I don't have any children. I want to let you know today that God knows the promises he gave to you. He knows the promises he gave to you. They haven't slipped his mind. He's the one that gave them. They, when, he, when he brings them about, actually, I could say it this way. He was excited about you being born so that he could release his promise in you. Amen. Zacharias means this, remembered of Jehovah. Well, have you got the, the oath of God married to remember Jehovah. <laughs> That's a good combination. And here, you need to know today that God has not forgotten you. No matter where you're at on your journey, God has not forgotten you, nor has he forgotten the promises that he made to you. He's right there. He's the one navigating I mean, we've all been there where you're going to a new place or, or maybe, maybe it's some place you've been before, but you weren't, you weren't as familiar with it to be able to uh, get there without some kind of navigation. And, you know, sometimes those things never really take you the same way all the time. It all depends on how the wind's blowing that day. But, you know, you go all of a sudden, you're going somewhere else and like, this just doesn't look right. And then you end up where you're supposed to be. We have to trust God along the way. Amen. The, the name John means this, the Lord shows grace. I love this. The Lord shows grace. We got the oath of God. God knows his promises. Remembered of Jehovah. God don't forget. And then John, meaning the Lord shows grace. God will release his grace in response to your faith. Abraham went out, obeyed by going out. He didn't know where he was going. He just had to follow. But he was obedient to go and grace for the journey was given him as he was stepping forward. Amen? Are you with me? So number one, let God navigate your journey. Number two, realize that it's your journey and not theirs. It's your journey, not theirs. You see, Elizabeth and Zacharias came to, to circumcise uh, John. And it says here in the scripture, it says... Um, that the relatives, their neighbors and relatives were, were excited, you know, that the Lord had displayed this great mercy towards them and they were rejoicing with them. And it happened on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they were going to call him Zacharias. Now that they is not Zacharias or Elizabeth. This is the neighbors and the relatives. They came to the circumcision. They were going to call him Zacharias. Who are they anyhow? Right? Man, you, we can get messed up if we let them rule our lives or if we let them dictate to us how we're supposed to walk when God is the one who's supposed to navigate us. Amen? They could have they missed the blessing if they would have just given in to the peer pressure of their relatives and their neighbors and didn't call him what the angel of the Lord had said, his, his name shall be John. There's a reason for it. Because the Lord was about to show grace through Jesus. Amen? So here they are, you know, they were excited about this and, and, and they heard, but they just couldn't understand. Their relatives and their neighbors just couldn't understand that they were doing things different than had ever been before. There hasn't, there's no one in your family with the name John. What are you talking about? That don't make any sense. So forget about you, Elizabeth. We're going to ask Zacharias. Zacharias, I mean, everybody, you know, every man wants his child named after him. How about you, Zacharias, right? No, his name 
shall be John. You know why they couldn't understand why it was going to be different than anybody else? Because it wasn't their journey. It was Elizabeth and Zacharias' journey. And the truth is this, that really God keeps an element of, of mystery in the journey. There will always be an element, an element of mystery in the journey that God has for you. Now, personally, for you personally, that mystery is meant to draw you closer to the Father because He wants to reveal more of Himself to you. For other people, or for them, or for they, that mystery may just be an unsolved mystery because God is not obligated to let everybody else know the intimate details of your life. Are you with me this morning? Now, we're... We all have our own journey that we have, and there's many times, as we learned last week, that we're not alone on the journey. There's, you know, our journey is not a private road, even though there's a lot of things that happen privately. When you go out and you travel somewhere, if I'm going to go to Minneapolis, I'm going to get on a very busy highway with a lot of people who are on a different journey than I am, but they're heading, at least for a portion of that journey, on the same road. And God will bring those people alongside you to help you, to comfort you, but in the end, it's still your journey to God. It's still your journey with Him and what He has for you. Amen? So realize it's your journey and not theirs. Let God navigate. It's your journey. Number three, be committed to the journey. Remember, grace flows from obedience. This is exciting because we're getting to the exciting part of the story. Here, you know, the relatives are going to call uh, John Zacharias, and they said, no, his name's John. And it was at the moment that, that Zacharias wrote down on the tablet, his name shall be John, because the angel Gabriel told him, you will call his name John. He had to be obedient. Grace was released. He began to write his name down. He turned it around. His name shall be John. And the people were astounded. I can almost hear the crowd. <gasps> and all of a sudden, bam. Zacharias' mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he began to give praise to God. I mean, for nine months, his relatives and neighbors didn't even hear his voice. And now he is speaking. He was being obedient to what God had spoken to him through the, through the angel Gabriel. His name shall be John. And this is kind of a uh, in just a moment, we're going to see because he begins to prophesy. And actually, it says in Luke 1, uh, 67, the very next verse, it says, And Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Here's something else. Because he chose not to believe, his wife and the child, his child in his, his wife's womb were filled with the Spirit. And he wasn't filled with the Spirit for months later. Not only he received the revelation from the angel... But he couldn't share that with his own voice. He had to do this all through tablet. He couldn't really share his heart like you can whenever you, you know, with, with your voice, whenever you can, you know, the ups and downs and the emotion of everything with your voice. That was held back. And then he sees when Mary comes to visit him and excited about, the, you know, this gift that God had given him, that his wife and his son within the womb are filled with the Spirit. And there he is three months more. He saw the change, I'm sure, in his wife. You can't not be changed when the Spirit of God comes upon you. Amen. Seeing them changed and the joy, I mean, here she was already joyful because she got pregnant. She was advanced in years. She probably had a pep in her step, right? Woo! And now she's just overflowing with joy. 
And it was when he was obedient, he, he was committed to the journey. No, I have got to finish what the angel said that I almost dropped the ball on. And he spoke it out. And when he did, he was filled with the Spirit and he began to prophesy. Now, before we see the, the prophecy that he gives, I, I really need you to understand the season that they're in right now because there has not been a prophecy, a vision, a dream, or a word from the Lord for 400 years. This isn't just like in our day, you know, you go to another church service down the road, whatever like that, or in the city, and people just prophesy. No, there hasn't been a word, direction from the Lord, vision, dream, prophecy for 400 years, and now God's going to release it. And actually, I want to take you back, and I want to show you the last prophecy that was given. This is in the book of Malachi, very last verses of the, of the, uh, the book there. And it says this, the end of the Old Testament, the last prophetic word. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So I will not come and smite the land with a curse. John just, or Zacharias just called his son John. He was filled with the Spirit and he began to prophesy. And the very next words in Luke chapter 1, verse number 68 Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us to show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemy, might serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Now he was just rejoicing in the Lord right now. Now here comes a prophetic word. And you, child will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare His way, to give to His people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Man, it, isn't it just like God? The first prophetic word in the New Testament is an answer to the last prophetic word in the Old Testament. Really, it's seamless. God is perfect in all of his ways. It's seamless. He's tying all, you know, all the prophetic words that were ever spoken about the coming Messiah, and he weaved them together and said, here, what seemed to be such a long gap, and it's all these obscurities that were there. I'm bringing it all together, and now is the time. Messiah has come. Amen. This is exciting. I mean, you think about this, that, you know, John, John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins, you know, some kind of, some kind of distant cousin there. And uh, only really uh, three months, or well, I guess it was uh, six months different in age, you know, John came on the scene. But not only do you need to let God navigate your journey and realize it's your journey, not theirs, be committed to the journey. The last thing I want to show you is that 
you need to trust the process. You have to trust the process. As we're kind of closing out um, this first portion of this series, talking you know, about uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth and John, there really is only uh, four accounts of John in the Bible. And I don't mean like every place he's mentioned. What I mean is kind of the progression um, of his life. We see John, you know, as uh, the mentioning of John, when Gabriel comes to answer Zacharias' prayer and saying, you know, your wife will conceive. So there's uh, represent John there, as well as we see things about his life uh, at six months of age, you know, six months in the womb whenever uh, uh, Elizabeth is pregnant and uh, he, is, he is filled with the Spirit. And then we see John when he is born at his circumcision. And then the next time we see John is when he fulfills his ministry at 30 years of age. He comes on the scene. There's some other things that have happened, you know, that ended up dying shortly after. But those are the four things. And there, there's a lot of in-betweens there from, you know, angels speaking it, you know, being pregnant six months, you know, being born, and then not for 30 years. Now, look what it says here in Luke chapter 1. Verse number 80, and it says, The child John continued to grow and become strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So really for the next 30 years, he lived in the desert until his public appearance in Israel when he came by the Jordan and began to cry out like a madman, Repent! Right? Camel hair, eating locusts and wild honey, a leather belt. It probably seemed kind of weird at the time. It's out of nowhere. Repent! The kingdom of God is at hand. But it was the right timing. You need to trust the process on your journey. Because did you ever go, on, go somewhere or maybe, you know, sometimes, let's just do something local. You know, whenever we used to live in the country over in the Carlos and, and Osakis area, Sometimes we, the drive in and back would be, it just seemed like it would go so quick. And other times, even though it was only, you know, about 12, 15 miles, something like that, sometimes it seemed like, my goodness, this is taking forever. Why is it taking so long to get home today? And there's times just like that. And you begin to get annoyed and you're just, you know, wondering. You just, uh, I kind of felt this recently because uh, me and my brother-in-law, we've been exercising uh, Monday through Friday and we, we do, when we do our cardio, we'll do our cardio for like 40 minutes. And I'll be honest with you, there's times whenever 40 minutes seems like it's never going to get there. And I, we're running or whatever on the elliptical, and I'm just, I'm going, and I'm just like, ah, uh, two minutes, oh, you know, it's only been two minutes. And you look again, only five minutes, this is never going to happen. I'm going to quit. But you just have to trust the process. Why? Because you're trusting the one who's navigating your journey. You're not really trusting in the journey. You're trusting in the one who's leading the journey. Amen? So the, with the process, you know, we see John like this, and you see it's, it's not only with John. There's, if you look at different figures in the Bible, the majority of your journey will be a private process. You know, we see even if you look at the book of Acts, we see all these things and we'll read chapter one through through 20, 28 or whatever it is. And and we'll read through and we're thinking that these things are happening every day. But sometimes there's 10, 20 years between events that are recorded. And you just need to trust the process. It's not about necessarily the big events. It's about getting to the end of the journey 
and being with Him. Are you with me this morning? It don't matter all the things that happen along the way if I miss the destination. And He is the destination. Your process is handcrafted by God to help you grow, become strong, and lead you to Him. The scripture said, it says, He continued to grow. We didn't hear about Him for 30 years. He continued to grow, become strong in spirit, and become strong in spirit until the day that He was released to, to start His ministry from the desert into Israel. Amen? Listen. It's exciting what God is doing in your life. The journey has already started. If you feel like you're walking, and you know one of the best things you can do is to just to begin to get excited about your journey. Because when you begin to get excited, say, you know what? I'm not alone. God is leading me. I don't have yet to start. I have already started. I'm, I'm on this journey. But when you realize that you're on the journey, then you'll be more, uh, uh, you know, you'll take more initiative to put in what needs to get done to get you where God wants you to go and to stay in the pace that He has for you. Amen? Let's stand up if you would. Did you get any?